1: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 459 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today we got a very special crossover edition with you guys. I'm going to be joined in just a second by Jay Forrester of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets. Jay and I basically just discuss the upcoming matchup between the Rangers and Blue Jackets on Friday night as well as some early season storylines for both teams you know kind of finding out how new players are working out with each team and yeah offering a prediction at the end of all this it's going to be part one today of a two-part special edition episode we'll have part two on tomorrow's episode Friday's episode but for right now like I said enjoy part one of our conversation with Jay Forrester of Locked on Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Blue Jackets fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Jay Forster of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets. Jay, how are we doing today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How uh, how are you going over there in uh, Rangerland?
1: Uh, so far, so good. You know, the Rangers are coming off of a disappointing performance this past Monday against the Calgary Flames. They lose that one 5-1. to one, But other than that, I think it's been a pretty successful start to the season here. Uh, they're finding ways to win games. It hasn't been perfect, but I'll take 4-2-1 one over 1-4-1 one, as they were last year. I'll take that any day of the week.
0: Yeah, I just, for the, for the Blue Jackets, any season that we don't start 0-8 is a win for me. Um, <laughs> still kind of mildly, mildly traumatized around that. But yeah, like, like we were saying off mic, the Metro division is kind of a bloodbath right now.
1: It's absolutely crazy. I mean, all eight teams have more wins than regulation losses, which does not even seem possible. But I think it gives you uh, some appreciation just how good that division really is. And uh, I'll tell you, Jay, I'll I'll be surprised if at the end of the season, we don't see five Metro uh, division teams getting into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I am. I am with you there. I'm just looking at the Atlantic Atlantic division right now and – yeah, all of the teams that we thought were going to be good in the Atlantic have kind of floundered. Obviously, it's still super early in the in the yeah. season; everything can change. But yeah, as of right now, the team with the worst record in the Metro Division is Philadelphia, and they're still they They're still two, one, and one. You know, so it's weird. And I've been talking about this with a couple of other hosts. It's nice to have games that don't mean as much because obviously last season every every game was a four point game but now we're playing out-of-division games, I'm like, oh, cool, we can play this meaningless game against Vancouver, you know, or Calgary, or, you know, our first two games of the season were against Arizona and Seattle. You know, they they don't matter in the in the standings, so it's kind of cool to do that, but it's also, it's fun to be back in the Metro.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to just basically see the whole league again. I mean, I feel like we almost had four separate hockey leagues going on last season. You're playing the same seven teams over and over and over again, and, you know, Jay, to your point, it is very early in the season, but it is also wild to, you know, look at the Atlantic division and you see the Sabres in second place and the Red Wings in third place. I don't know that anybody necessarily saw that coming, but uh, yeah, you know, I I figure, you know, we can go ahead and kind of uh, give each other the information on our team so far this season. Uh, Blue Jackets, you know, four and two to start the season. What have been the keys for success? Uh, How have they gotten off to the start that that they've gotten off to so far here?
0: I mean, goaltending is, is like, Number one, um, just before the season started, I believe, sometime in the preseason, uh, Elvis Musiekins talked about how he wants to win the Vesna this season for uh, his friend Matisse, who obviously passed away this summer. Uh, and so far, he seems to be go just going for it. Uh, he has decided that he is winning games, and the rest of the team can kind of come along if they want. So, uh, I believe he has a uh, a nine five two through four games. Uh, a 9.52 save percentage through four games so far this season, um, which is, you know, pretty good. Maybe not sustainable, but if he kind of keeps up that approximate save percentage, he, you know, he's winning games single handedly for the Blue Jackets at the minute. Uh, we've learned how to score goals again as well, which is nice. Um, <laughs> last season and probably, you know, a few seasons before that, the Blue Jackets could not score goals to save a life. But we were scoring goals. The power play is working. That's new and exciting. Um, just it kind of feels a little bit like everything's clicking. It, they're not playing the best hockey in the world. I would like them to be playing maybe a little bit more solid defensively. Um, maybe kill a couple more uh, power plays of the opposite team. But I mean, we're we're getting we're getting results, you know. Like like you said, it's it's hard to argue with a four and two record to start the season when everyone was like, "Wow, the Blue Jackets are going to be terrible this season."
1: Just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, once again, a huge thanks to everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's interesting listening to that because I picked up on, you know, hearing you kind of describe what the Blue Jackets have done so far. I picked up on a couple of similarities that they have with the Rangers and a couple of things that could not be more different. As far as the similarities... You've got Igor Shosturkin, another, you know, young, exciting goalie in this league and somebody who could potentially be a Vesna candidate when it's all said and done here. I mean, this guy is absolutely just standing on his head. He's stealing games. He, I mean, he's been excellent on deflections. There have been a couple of really tough deflections in front of him. And the way he just adjusts and, you know, moves laterally to uh, end up making the save. He's got a great glove hand as well. And he's just been fantastic to start the season been the best player on the New York Rangers hands down so that's kind of the similarities is that both these teams have kind of turned the reins over to a goalie that they expect to be the guy Uh, but then as far as the differences with the Rangers they're struggling to score goals which I did not think would be this much of an issue Uh, and again it is early but the fact that they are now seven games into the season and I believe they now only have 12 goals in regulation time not including a couple of empty netters so you're averaging less than two goals per game for all intents and purposes uh that's not good but igor sesterkin has picked up the slack and uh you mentioned jay that the jackets have maybe struggled a little bit on the penalty kill uh the rangers have been good on the penalty kill they gave up three power play goals on opening night against the caps but since then they've kind of shut it down so uh kind of uh interesting that they've got some things in common the rangers and jackets but also a couple of differences as well
0: yeah it should be it should be an interesting, interesting game, uh, and like I'm not sure what to what to think of how it's going to go because I feel like the Blue Jackets have kind of struggled against the Rangers in the past, but a lot of that I feel like has been Sergei Bobrovsky. For some reason, he always seemed to struggle against the Rangers, and obviously, he's no longer in the in the net. Um, the right. last time we played the Rangers must have been either very early in 2020 or even in. You know the back half of 2019, so it's been it's been a while since since we've played you guys, and I feel like the team is not significantly different, but it's it's pretty different. I mean, you know, you talk about Shosturkin. Obviously, the last time we played you guys, Henrik Lundqvist was the man in in New York, and now he's he's retired. So, you know, who else is is new? Who should we pay be paying attention to on the ice? Who's gonna make me sad <laughs> on <in> Friday's game? <laughs>
1: Well, I have somebody that, you know, I was going to ask you about this a little bit later. I wanted to ask you about, like, maybe an under-the-radar player to watch on the Columbus Blue Jackets for this game on Friday night, Uh, but we might as well just jump into that right now, and I'll toss out one for the Rangers to start with, and I'm going to say Niels Lundqvist. Uh, He's a former first-round pick by the Rangers. He's a defenseman. He was in a really tight training camp battle with Zach Jones to be the sixth and final defenseman, and Lundqvist ended up. Winning it, And he's had some hiccups early this season, but I think he is starting to get a little bit used to the speed of the game at the NHL level. He's had some time on the second power play unit. And in this past game against the Flames, it really was not a great night for the Rangers, but he made a nice defensive play, you know, kind of just pinned his guy to the boards without holding him to break up a rush. And then he himself jumped into the rush a couple of times uh, in this game against the Flames. So to me, it just looks like he's getting more comfortable. He kind of has the reputation of being an offensive defenseman. And I think, you know, you could see him end up, you know, maybe just picking up an assist. I'm not going to go crazy with it and say, oh, you know, he's going to, you know, have a three-point night or anything like that. But I think uh, Niels Lundqvist will make his presence known uh, in this game against the Blue Jackets. So he's kind of an under-the-radar player that maybe to keep an eye on. Is there anybody that fits that description for the Blue Jackets as far as uh, who Ranger fans might want to look out for?
0: Uh, yeah, I think a similar, a similar story. We've got a couple of rookies on the team. Uh, we've got one of our first round picks this year, Cole Sillinger, who has few points on the season so far. I think he's got three points. He just got his first goal in the NHL the other night. Um, he almost scored again during, Dallas, uh, during the game against Dallas, but it got called back because it needed to be like three millimetres more in the net. But so he's he's looking really strong. He's a guy that I think could surprise people. And Igor Chinikov, who does not have any points yet, but so far has been, I thought, I think really strong. He is he is flying out there. And for a guy that obviously when we drafted him in the first round last season, I think every single person was like, Who is this kid? you know, and it was kind of the he was the butt of a lot of internet jokes, I think, of oh, Columbus is going off the board when they're drafting, who is this guy? He's never going to turn into anyone. And he's kind of come over to North America and has done really, really well for himself. He uh, missed the first game, first two games of the season, went down to Cleveland, scored his first AHL goal there and has been in the lineup up here ever since. Uh, and so he's a guy that is getting closer and closer to his first goal. Uh, and I think that would be... That would be a really fun, fun narrative for uh, for him to score his first goal against
1: uh, New York. Well, the Rangers seem to have this thing where a lot of players tend to score their first career goal against them. I don't know exactly what the reasoning for that is. I mean, in this case, obviously, it's early in the season. There's a lot of rookies out there making their debut, playing in their second game, playing in their third game. But for one reason or another, it does seem like uh, the Rangers, that does seem to happen to them more often than you would think. So uh, I, I actually kind of like his chances this Friday.
0: I mean, I'll I'll take it. You know, they they don't ask how they ask how many is yeah. uh, is the, the the quote that seems to be going around hockey Twitter at the minute. Um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Like I say, it's it's been a while since we played you guys, so I have no idea how our teams are gonna are gonna match up. We seem to be uh, similar-ish teams in the. I think you guys have kind of gone through a, a small rebuild as of late. We have kind of. I think not as far along in the rebuild we're still a little bit yama kakalainen keeps saying oh it's not a rebuild we're retooling or <laughs> we're you know moving some things around he refuses to say the word rebuild yeah but it's two very young teams that i think are surprising a lot of people and it could be i have a i have a feeling that this game might be one of those like six five nightmare games
1: yeah, for one reason or another, I feel like this is going to be kind of high scoring. I think the biggest reason for me is just that I expect the Rangers sooner or later, they have to break out of this because they have not scored more than three goals in a game this entire season. And there's just too much talent and too much firepower on this Ranger roster for this to continue for much longer. Um, so, you know, I, I could see it being relatively high scoring. I don't think it's going to be completely out of control. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamp, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com. One thing I want to ask you about, Jay, is, you know, both of our teams have new coaches. I remember in the offseason we did a little crossover episode because I want to ask you about Gerard Gallant. And, you know, of course, J.D. goes back to Columbus. So there's a lot of uh, moving parts here with, with, you know, players and personnel going from one team to the other between the Rangers and the Jackets here. But I want to ask you about Brad Larson because, you know, obviously he's the new head coach for you guys this season. He spent seven seasons as an assistant coach. Uh, were you happy with the hire when it hi- when it happened, when Brad Larson was uh, named as the new head coach, and what's your early assessment of him?
0: Um, yeah, initially, and I kind of talked about this, initially I was not thrilled with the hire. Um, I understood why, because, you know, if the team's going to be bad, it doesn't make any sense to pay, like, a Gerard Gallant a ton of money if the team's also going to suck, you know? Um Yeah. Obviously, that, that hasn't been the case. The team has done pretty well so far. But I, so far, have really liked the, the hiring of Brad Larson. Um, I think he's, he's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. Um, I talked about this in, uh, I did a crossover with Lockdown Red Wings last week, and I talked about how fun and exciting it is to watch a game where all of the forward lines and all of the defense pairings stay together for the entire game. Um, right. Which is something that I don't think I ever saw from a John Tortorella coach team. Uh, so, you know, that's that's good. Uh, the power play is clicking, which is something that a lot of people wanted to blame, me, me included, wanted to blame Brad Larson for because he was in charge of the, the power play um, and it was bad for many, many seasons. But it's for whatever reason, maybe it's Jacob Voracek, maybe it's the fact that we've got a different guy coaching the power play and Larson can kind of oversee a little bit more. Whatever's changed, it's, it's a much better, much improved power play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you can't argue with with the record. And so far, Brad Larson is doing doing all the right things, saying all the right things. The team is winning. Uh, they look like they're having fun out there. Um, and I wonder how much of that is because they hired Brad Larson, who is much more of a uh, people's players coach than than Tortorella was. Um, I always felt that there was kind of a... a almost like a paralysis... Of guys on the ice sometimes in that they were so afraid to make a mistake and potentially get benched that they just didn't do anything. And I felt like that kind of came out in games a lot. This team is very different. This team is not afraid to make mistakes and try and make up for it. Uh, You know, we've had a couple of guys benched for maybe a period or they've had their usage limited or whatever, but there haven't been any, you know, you made a bad mistake early in the first period. So you're going to sit for the rest of the game or um, you made a mistake in this game. So you're going to sit for the next game. You know, it seems like Larson is really interested in developing his young players, which is good and letting guys play through mistakes, letting guys play through uh, it's, it's, you can't really call them like cold streaks because again, we're like six games into the season, you know? Um, But if a guy's not scoring for a couple of games, usually what John Tortorello would do is throw him on the fourth line and then forget about him and then be like, well, why aren't you scoring? And it's because he's only getting eight minutes of ice time under you, John. But (laughs) Larson seems to be letting guys work through things together and letting that chemistry build, which is something that's so important, especially to a team like Columbus that has a ton of new guys on it. Of the guys that opened the season last season, I think we have eight or nine of those guys still.
1: You know, I'm totally with you, and I totally know what you're talking about with John Tortorella. Because back when, you know, I was watching the Rangers when he was the head coach, you know, I used to joke that. I didn't even bother to learn the line combinations at the start of the game because I knew that, you know, five or six minutes into the game, the whole thing is going to be flipped upside down anyway. So it was like, why even bother? And, you know, sometimes you do have to, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a delicate balance because if your team isn't producing any scoring chances, then maybe try something different. But at the same time, you got to give these guys some time to gel. So I know exactly what you're talking about there when it comes to Tortorella and, I also know what you're talking about, where, you know, somebody makes a mistake, if there's like a bad pass, a turnover, whatever it might be. uh, There were guys that I think at times, you know, kind of played in fear of making a mistake. And that's not to say that Tortorella doesn't have his positive attributes either, because, you know, he does demand a lot of it out of his players. And you're not going to be able to go out there and take shifts off and expect to remain in the lineup. So he does a really good job of of holding guys accountable. But I think he also sometimes takes it over the edge a little bit. uh, And it sounds like it was kind of the same deal uh, when he was there in Columbus.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And like I was, I was a big Tortorella fan yeah. when he was here. Um, and even like kind of last season where you could see that he was kind of, I don't think he'd necessarily checked out, but he wasn't as effective as he had been in previous years. And I don't know whether that was him being tired, um, or not wanting to do the job anymore, or like just because he was coaching and having to travel during a global pandemic, you know. Um, but I was, I was a big Todorova fan. But I am, I am. Really impressed with what we, what I've seen of, of Brad Larson so far. Um, I decided when he was hired after my initial like really him that I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and so far he seems like he's he's meeting it. Um, but I guess let's let's flip that question. I guess how's uh, how's Gallant doing in New York? Because for me, Joe Gallant is a coach that he's been fired twice in recent memory. Once after a four-game losing streak for a team that he took to the the cup final in their inaugural season. And then I don't know what went wrong in Florida, but I don't think he was fired. I don't think it was a justified firing. Essentially. He's a very no, good I, coach that has been fired for like stumbling.
1: I think. Yeah. And I so- don't, I think with Florida, it was something of a contrast of philosophies. I believe the general manager there was Tom Rowe. I'm not hundred percent on that. I would have to look it up to know for sure, but I think that's his name. And, uh, basically Roe was into the analytics and Gallant wasn't really all about that. So they tended to butt heads a little bit and clash. And I, I think it was, you know, one of them had to go and it ended up being Gallant. And then with Vegas, I've never understood that. I mean, the guy takes an expansion team to the Stanley Cup finals. And then what a year and a half later, he's getting fired. I mean, that just does not make any sense to me. And it's not like Vegas had a terrible record when they fired him. To your point, Jay, they might have had a little bit of a losing streak, but I don't think that warranted his firing. So he's somebody that I think has gotten a bad deal in each of his last two stops. I don't think that opening night against the Capitals was a banner night for Gallant because for one reason or another... And, you know, the Rangers, granted, they were starting the season with a back-to-back. They were at the Capitals and then home against the Stars. So I think common sense would tell you that one goalie would play one game and the other goalie would play the other game. But for one reason or another, Gallant opted to go with Alex Georgiev in net, in the game against the Capitals. And you saw everything that happened between the Rangers and Caps last season. I just don't understand why you would not start your franchise goalie. The goalie, who I think at this point, it's pretty clear, is the better of the two between Georgiev and Igor. I think Igor's the guy. And for one reason or another, he goes with Georgiev, and it was not a good night for the Rangers. And yeah, I mean, that was obviously a tough start. But one thing that I like about Gallant is he's preaching this message that we are going to be the hardest working team in the NHL. And it seems like the players are taking that message to heart. I think with the lone exception maybe being this most recent game against the Calgary Flames, the Rangers have pretty much played their tails off. It hasn't always translated as far as scoring goals is concerned. But these guys are out there, you know, they're banging around in the boards, they're playing physical hockey, they are a much more physical uh, team than they've been in recent seasons, part of that's due to some of the players that they've brought in, but Gallant demands a lot out of these guys, and it sounds like, uh, or it looks like, rather, that they've taken his message to heart that we're going to basically just go out there and try to outwork teams, and if they had not been doing that up to this point, I don't even want to think about what their record would be, I mean, the biggest reason they're winning is Igor Shisterkin. But beyond that, the Rangers are out there and they're playing hard. I mean, you see guys come back to the bench and, you know, their faces are all red and they're gasping for air. I mean, those are guys that are going out there and working hard and uh, winning some of these tight, low-scoring physical games. You know, beating teams 2-1, to beating teams 3-1 to with an empty netter at the end of it. So, yeah, uh, so far, so good for Gallant. I like what I'm seeing. And like I said, uh, starting 4-2 and 1 this season, certainly beats the alternative because the Rangers have not gotten off to good starts at all in either of the past two seasons. So uh, you'll get a thumbs up from Gerard Golan, uh for me, at least at least thus far here. All right. And so once again, a big, big thanks to Jay Forrester of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets for teaming up for this special crossover edition here. And a huge thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. We will be back here tomorrow with part two of our conversation with Jay Forrester. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.